welcome to Hyperfix. Episode two. Episode number two. We made it into a second round of battle. <laughs> I was going to say a bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I will concur. Um, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about comedy. Comedy. I literally haven't given it much thought since we decided yesterday uh, what we Neither. were going to talk about. I just figured, I'm like, what? what's something that we can bullshit about without having to do much research? But this time, we're going to remember to pick a topic at the end of the episode. Mm. For the next one. Okay. I okay. believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Very confident. Um, so, I've only been doing comedy for about seven months. How long have you been doing stand-up? Um, so, I started in 2019 but i and i took a class at helium comedy club here in st louis and i recommend it i mean i don't know if there's any stand-ups that are snobby about it like that's not the real way you do it but it kind of fast forwards you into like it's it kind of touts i don't know this is marketing but like um i kind of believe it like it's like a year's worth of open mics in like six weeks of classes like they just kind of oh, wow. tell you like what to expect and, and shit and like the kind of the etiquette of it and um just and then you write and kind of and you uh dear do like peer editing with each other um and then you just kind of you get every class you get up and perform in front of your classmates which like on one hand is great for experience but on the other hand your classmates like get to know your material really right. fucking well which kind of happens at open mics too right like yeah i get so tired of hearing people's jokes and i'm sure they get tired of hearing mine but anyway so i, I did that class in 2019 and then i did exactly two open mics after that and the first one was the very first queer comedy open mic hosted by tree your friend oh or and my friend i mean at the time i didn't know (laughs) our buddy tree yes now they are also my friend but i didn't know them back then but i knew charlie whose wedding we all went to recently too um And so Tree and Charlie were hosting that, and that was my first, like, open mic outside of that class, and it was great, and I had a great time, and I was like, yes, I'm going to do this forever. And then uh, the The next open mic... The power of queer spaces. (laughs) Yeah, right? And then the next open mic I did was at the improv shop, and it was hosted by Rafe Williams and Bobby Jaycox, and they are kind of, like, hot shit right now. Yeah, you, you know Bobby. I didn't... I don't know either of them still, but I was on a show with Rafe like two shows ago. So that was like pretty neat, like full circle. But anyway, I totally fucking bombed that open mic. And I was like, well, shit, I'm never doing this again. Uh, (laughs) That's not exactly what I thought, but I was like, ooh, that felt really horrible. And I felt like I was going to have a panic attack. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll just like, you know, take a take a time off or whatever. And then, like, that's when I was kind of going through the thick of my divorce. And then, oh, you know, a little thing called COVID happened. So I didn't didn't get back to it until, like, July of 2021. So 
I want to say I've been doing it for about a year, like total, all said and done. Okay. Long story short. (laughs) No, that was a beautiful little backstory. Mine is not that um, wholesome. (laughs) It was just like me being like, you should do comedy. You should do comedy. You should do comedy. It was it was being friends with comedians and then also bartending at a place that was a venue for stand up. You literally just osmos Jones. Osmosis Jones. You osmosis Jones. Osmosis Jones. You as osmos joke structure for real. Like you just like God. I saw. Well, I'll talk about this later. But I saw John Mulaney on nine eleven. Wow. Like on the nine eleven or on a nine eight. 9-11 um how old were you on the 9-11 uh seven days ago no I mean <laughs> I was thinking of the actual like the first 9-11 <laughs> the, you know, oh, the, the opening 9-11 I was the- <laughs> I never was, forget um, I forgot because I was at my first day of daycare Oh my god. Really? 2001? Boy, yeah, I was boy. like a baby at daycare. Yeah. I was um, in high school. It was weird. Anyway, so you saw John Mulaney like six years Yeah, ago? and it was really enjoyable. Well, it wasn't. I'm not a huge John Mulaney fan. I'm not I used to be before all of the drama. It Then it was just like, oh, he's not just like us. He's a dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, he's, like, um, dating Olivia Munn or whatever, and I'm like, she's too Yeah, hot. he talked about his baby, and I was like, I don't even fucking care. Like, I don't care about your baby. I don't yeah. want to hear about it. Like, I used to like your stories with, like, your wholesome stories with your wife, and now I'm like, oh, he's just another like, oh. asshole white guy. Oops. I just knocked over a baby gate. And I... <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I I know... Did you hear PJ? Yeah. He's going to be on our podcast. Hello. <laughs> oh. Um. Oh, I'm getting. Yeah, but it's uh, you. As most joke structure, when you're just like bartending all, every yeah. time, there's people going up and telling their jokes. And also, I was um, sleeping with some of the people <laughs> in the scene, and so <laughs> um, I my joke that I have is that I entered the comedy scene by letting comedians enter me. <laughs> Um and it's true. It's it like and now I'm like funnier than most of them and yeah. you were a natural show. you were a natural right out the gate. I knew when I saw you host the open mic, I was like, Well, like how are you not just a instant famous person? Because you're hilarious. <laughs> That's too kind. because uh, I'm incredibly awkward. <laughs> I think that works for you though. Like I think that that is part of it you know what i mean like not that I'm we're quirky. laughing at you but it's like relatable you know yeah i'm like the real shit yeah i'm flexing yeah that and was we just need we just need joke. more people that aren't cishet white dudes in comedy like i just i mean i think everybody feels that way <laughs> except for cishet white dudes it's true. And that's why, um, like you said, when your first uh, show was at a queer sh- mic, th- the power of a queer space is unbelievable and right. so important in comedy. I hosted a queer mic after going to one. I was not on the show, but I uh, was in the audience for Corey's mic. 
and uh it was the funniest night of comedy I've ever watched in my life like it was electric and I was like oh why don't I spend all my time in queer spaces (laughs) right yeah like that's kind of why I wanted to keep the your the so you hosted a show before you moved to Kalamazoo called Queers and Beers and I was on it and you did some time on it because you were the host and it was excellent and I had so much fun and I was yeah exactly that was my sentiment too of like why aren't we doing this all the fucking time and I think a lot of it is because there's only like a handful of us it seems like that are out and talk about it but um also I just don't have the capacity to host a show but I wanted to keep it going and I wanted somebody else to take up the mantle but nobody (laughs) nobody did I should just thrust it upon someone and pressure them into it you should that's the power of being Amanda Atlas why why (laughs) shout out to Amanda Atlas shout out AJ Atlas on Instagram yeah uh they're they actually are now hosting an open mic at uh handlebar starting oh sick yeah, so I'm excited about that. I'm going to go do that. But I was like, why can't it be queer? <laughs> why can't you make it exclusive for us? All the queers want to take over everything. That's true. It was very um, loud to see the lack of cishet white men that were normally at the mic in our audience. Um, I would say mostly it was my dad and friends of the people <laughs> on the mic. But... Yeah. uh considering the Friday was the normal mic and we didn't do anything other than advertise it, we didn't say the mic wasn't happening. It was very loud to see who was not there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I was like, noted. Mm -hmm. You want to get on my stage, but you're not going to support the community. Yeah. I did um, comedy and cannabis, best medicine, comedy and cannabis show on Friday. And I did not know what to expect. And it was so much fun. (laughs) Um, It was like, I don't know how they, maybe I should not say it on podcast. I don't know how they get away with it, but uh, it was a weed. It's like some dude's apartment. Well, it was, it was at this event space on chair. Oh, really? Like right behind that. um, Maybe I shouldn't say where it is, but uh yeah, I mean, like, there was a pretty decent crowd. It was much bigger than the crowd I had. What did we... Where was it? Oh, at Corey and uh, John Parker's show at uh, Platypus, the Double oh, Dare comedy yeah. show. There was, like, ten people in that crowd. But anyway, yeah. this was probably, like, 30, 25 to 30-ish people. And they had really good food, and they had just you know people handing out joints and shit and uh hell yeah it was awesome and like everybody was pretty much contact high by the time you got on stage because everyone's just smoking even though it's like a big huge venue it was just full of smoke um and i just i had i feel like i did the best set i've ever done it just felt easy and uh like i don't know that i need to get high before every set and i wasn't i definitely wasn't like stoned but i was like you know feeling kind of uh, I don't know, adventurous, I feel like. And um, it was a lot of fun. And I thought everybody did a pretty good job. And especially Emily Zell, man. 
This is going to be a, I Don't feel like this is going to be a This love, is going to be a St. Louis. <laughs> it's going to be a love fest for local St. Louis comedians that aren't so set white dudes. But Emily Zell is like so funny. I've never seen an actual set of hers. I think I've heard her a little bit on open mics and I've definitely seen her around, but I never saw her in a show. And I was like, this girl needs to be famous. Like she's so funny. She's so funny. Oh. Yeah, she would do the Friday mic, and then she also did um, a couple showcases at the shop, and it was, she's just, like, so funny. She talks about going to church at a bar, and it's just, like, she's magical. Okay, finish your story about John Mulaney. Oh, literally? Okay, hold on. Let me, let me get situated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> literally, we... We got the fast pass because um, we're fancy little fuckers, so we didn't have to wait in line for as long because it was a busy show. Like, it was packed. Um, Is this in Chicago? No, it was at, it was in Kalamazoo. Oh, nice. Um, At the State Theater, I think it's called. Anyways, um, he was, the the issue with seeing a comedian now, it was my first time ever seeing professional stand-up comedy. Oh. Um, So, like... There's that, like, other than, you know, my buddies who I've seen, I don't know how right. they're considered professional, like, Bobby and stuff, but, uh, but no, it was my first time seeing, like, you know, famous professional stand-up, and, uh, it was hard to enjoy it because I was sensing his joke structure. I knew when his callbacks were coming. Oh, yeah. It felt, I felt him ramping it up where, like, before, when I would have just been enjoying his comedy, yeah. I would have been like, this is, this story he's taking us on. And I was like, no, he's, like, hitting these beats, and he's about, uh, there's the callback to the, to the diaper thing from earlier, like, you know, he's telling a story about his son, and, you know, my brain immediately takes the steps to, oh, he talked about doing coke off of those diaper sta- changing t- stations in the bathroom earlier. He's about to make a joke about that. And then the audience lost their shit because no one remembered from the beginning of the show. Yeah. And I was, it was really, it was a great night, you know, the drinks were flowing. I had, <laughs> um, I had some popcorn. <laughs> it was nice. a lovely night. Um, but we took some Ebidols before we went, which was really lovely. Mm-hmm. Um. There was an opener, too. I don't remember what his name was, but he was really funny. Um, he was a little bit more like the, like, spastic, loud, like, I'm doing comedy! Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, I don't know, John Mulaney came out and he was talking about how, you know, I used to be this, like, jittery, blah, 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 like, jumping around the stage. I wonder why that was. And then he was pretty yeah. much still was. Like, he wasn't, I don't know, like, maybe he's not on drugs anymore but like he was still pretty like zapped up up there yeah i'm looking up what his opener was because i'm curious what his opener was who his opener whomst um but uh it doesn't say it would we didn't know that there was going to be an opener Mm-hmm. yeah i i i think i would maybe go see him yeah but no i get what you mean it's kind of like hard to enjoy comedy now but at the same time it's i think it's good for us to do that to like watch comedy and then sort of analyze it and then learn you know like oh man that was like such a killer joke like how did they do that and then kind of go back and dissect it and like 
you know, oh, I could, you know, maybe do something similar, but with on this topic or like that kind of thing. Because I think like your first, I mean, a lot of people, I listen to a lot of podcasts with a lot of comedians and they always talk about how like the first 10 years you're doing it, you're like imitating your favorite people. And that's very true for me. Um, I've, well, I've figured that out. (laughs) That's true for me. And, um, and so I think it's okay to kind of, it's not like, it's not okay to like do somebody's joke per se, but I think it's okay Mm. to experiment with other people's structures or other people's like take on that and then putting your take on that, you know, like that sort of thing. Like, I think that I emulate Pete Holmes's joke structure a lot because um, he is my favorite comedian and probably the one I've consumed the most. But do you have any yeah. favorite comedians besides local people? <laughs> <laughs> um, my introduction into stand-up was Dimitri Martin. Oh, yeah. Um, his Netflix special, like, years and years ago. Um, and I was really obsessed with him for a while. And then Bo Burnham, of course. Um, Make Happy is one of my favorite stand-up specials ever. I've mm-hmm. watched it no less than 300 times. Like, I've seen it a bazillion times. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, who did we... We just watched this gal who was blonde <laughs> and real funny. Taylor Tomlinson. And yeah, she was a hoot and a half. I love her. She Her stage presence is amazing. I can't... She's, like, in her 20s. I can't fucking believe that. She's, like... She's so incredible. And I love the shit that she talks about, like mental health and stuff like that. It's, I love it. I think she's a genius. Yeah, she was so funny. And the way she like moves around on the stage, like her stage presence is just phenomenal. I just was, yeah. I was a very big fan of that. Um, when I that was, special. I think my first, like l- first comedian love <laughs> was Brian Regan. Have you ever listened to Brian Regan? No. So he's not a very like popular comedian in the mainstream, but I think a lot of comedians know and love and respect him. Um he's been doing he does he does huge houses, like big theaters and stuff. Um and he just he like this was back, you know, and and when I was in high school, when you listened to things on CDs, and so I had I like somebody burned me his album, and I listened to it like all the time, and I just memorized the hell out of it, and like I could probably if I listened to it now, I could probably just talk along with it, you know, yeah. and I think and so Brian Regan was a huge influence to Pete Holmes, and so I think I also imitate Brian Regan just by way of Pete Holmes and also that first album that I was obsessed with. I haven't really listened to any of his other stuff except for that one. Um, I think it's called The Big Yellow One is the Sun if anyone's interested in that. Um, And then yeah and I now I'm like really I love Tig Notaro and Maria Bamford and (gasps) Nicole Byer. I love anybody who's just who does things a little differently like I think Tig is really good at Tig's amazing like uh, I think Tig is really good at like captivating an audience but without saying a whole lot like they take a they take really long pauses and they just they have incredible timing and then like Maria Bamford just she 
her specials are just genius. I mean, it, it reminds me of how much I like the like the Inside by Bo Burnham special. I never, I didn't mm. really like Bo Burnham a whole lot until this Inside documentary, which I think is just a work of art. And I think the same way about Maria Bamford's specials. I think they're pieces of art in their own right. It's hard to just call them like a stand-up comedy special because they're so different and unique and like interesting. I don't know if you've ever seen any of her specials. I have not. Um, I'm really bad about watching comedy. I don't enjoy watching comedy. It's, it's hard. Yeah, it's totally hard. <laughs> like I just kind of got into it for the lulls and then I was like, oh, I'm actually kind of good at this and enjoy it. Um, so I'm really bad about like studying and like working on my jokes. I just kind of get well, up on the I'll, mic and talk. Maybe I'll give you homework. Oh <laughs> God, I will not do it. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I think the way that I consume it the most is through podcasts is like listening to comedians just talk to each other. Mm-hmm. I think that like if anyone is interested in learning about stand-up and doing it, like just listen to comedians' podcasts because you'll learn everything there is to know, I think. Besides, you know, like you still have to get up and do it, but like I think you learn a lot about the etiquette of the industry, about the etiquette of open mics, the etiquette of like what to expect, how to sort of, how you're going to progress if you want to progress. I don't really have a whole lot of personal goals for myself, I actually thought of one last night. I was like, you know, I'd like to get to a place where I could be like a local opener for somebody, you know, at least semi-famous, you know, somebody that right. I, somebody that I admire and like their comedy. Like I would love to get to a place where I was like opening for them at Helium or some shit like that. Yeah. Like, maybe that's my only goal. <laughs> Cause I don't really I care. Love that. I don't really care to be on SNL or that sounds like the most stressful job ever or like I don't care to be like a touring comedian I like staying at home um I don't care to be I don't care to move to LA you know Oof. <laughs> no fuck no I just want to be do locally you know, cool do you want to know a secret yeah while you were telling that story I slow and steady took my pants off <gasps> that's awesome there's my knee. Congratulations. I'm incredibly sweaty right now. Really? Yeah, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the office, which doesn't have, like, any ventilation. I think that might be part uh, of it. I don't really spend any time in here because um, um, it's still kind of a mess from the move. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's hot in here, my guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I need to tell you about a show that I saw really quick Please. this is a good great transition no, i'm just kidding uh so my brother lives in la and uh my favorite comedian pete holmes every month he does a show at largo and he will he basically does time up front he hosts the show and does time up front and then he has like secret guests like he doesn't it's not like a secret but he just doesn't broadcast who the guests are before sure. the show and it just so happens that the last couple times I've been to LA have fallen during that that show. So I've seen it twice. And the last time I saw it, he had Phoebe Bridgers on, um, and she played music, you know, 
because she's a music person. And then she goes, um, yeah, now I'm going to do this cover of this song that I'm like, honestly mad that I didn't think of and that I'm jealous that I didn't write it. (laughs) And she starts playing one of Bo Burnham's songs from the inside. I forget what the song is called right now, but she starts playing it and it's lovely. Oh, I think it's a funny feeling. Right. Okay. Song. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Bo Burnham comes out from backstage and starts playing piano with her and they both I'm like unwell. sing the song together. It was I'm it was, unwell. Everyone was losing their mind. Um and my brother went with me and my brother is he's forty two and he leans over and he goes, Who's that? Oh my <laughs> god, like, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I, I figured. Um he was like, Oh, that's who that guy is? Okay. <laughs> But everyone is losing their minds. It was all over, like, the blogs the next day. And, you know, you're not supposed to, like, record anything with from your phone. So that's just kind of like now that happened live and now it's gone and everybody's talking about it. And it was like a cool thing that I witnessed and was a part of. That's amazing. And then Bo Burnham did some songs. And I actually... <coughs> I'm just choking on my own spit. Good. Um, <coughs> I actually felt like... He didn't do a whole, a great job. (laughs) Drink your coffee. I don't know if that'll help. I think that, um, uh, that was his first like live performance after the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. I'll give him a pass is what I was going to (laughs) say. That's so funny. (coughs) Oh Lord. Yeah, this is great podcasting. You, now you talk for a while. Okay. Um, let's see. <laughs> I got into comedy. How do you write two your jokes? Things. Bitches and stitches. Um, I write my jokes by having thoughts and then just like talking about the thought. I don't really have like joke structure that I follow. Um, every time I tell a joke, it's gonna be different. Just because I just write down, like, Tinder craft beer. <laughs> and then yeah. I just talk about it. Um, I very much have, like, a narrative comedy style in that I just get up there and, and tell funny stories until I get to a point. And then I'm kind of just like, okay, I'm done. Thank you. Um, yeah. I admire that but yeah. way of doing it. Because I'm the type of person that writes every single word out. But then I then I have that baseline and then I play with that while I'm on stage Mm -hmm. no I fully just like uh get a sticky note let a lot of the time what I would do because I would work Friday nights when the mic was and so I would get there for my shift at uh you know four o'clock or whatever and I would yes it's breakfast time yes hi Corey uh Rosie says hi (laughs) hi he says hi back Thank you. Um, look at that little jar. You got a little mason jar. It's salt. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so cute. Oh. I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, I would get to work at like four o'clock, and then I would uh, just like start thinking about what I wanted to talk about four hours later. Like I wouldn't even do like prep during the week. Sometimes I would practice it, like I would film myself and send it to Izzy. But uh, for the most part, it was just flying by the seat of my pants, writing down four things that I thought were funny and then saying them. Yeah. 
thank you. <laughs> um, I just belched. Good. Oh, he let the cat in. Yeah, he did. I don't know where Jim is. Oh, he's right behind me, actually. There he is. Did uh, you see him right there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Corey's well, got... Corey's got two um, tu- black and white tuxedo cats named Jonesy and Amazing. Riley. <gasps> Ferda. Ferda. And they're the sweetest boys in the whole world. But they're That's rascals. That's fantastic. They're rascals. He's hiding under the bed, so Corey can't get oh. him. <laughs> well, he's just part of the podcast now. Yeah. Come show, come show Rosie and Jonesy. Oh, my God. Hello, and then Jonesy. Riley is in a cone right now. <laughs> Naughty. He has a little sore spot on his belly that he can't get to. So. Naughty. Mm-hmm. So cute. That's amazing. Anyway, what were you talking about? I got a new tattoo the other day. Hell yeah. It's on my leg. It hurts so bad. If you've ever gotten a tattoo on the front of your thigh, it hurts like a motherfucker. Um, I was not ready for it to hurt as bad as it did, but it's really cool. It's a skull with a question mark. It's a traditional American traditional flash called the burning question. Um, it's like a question mark on fire (laughs) with like a skull in it. It's dope as hell. Have you done any open mics there? No, I have not. I've been incredibly bad about doing the things that I love here. (laughs) I mean, I haven't really been doing a lot of open mics here either, so. But. I just don't want to. Well, I wasn't really, well, I was busy and I wasn't really feeling inspired. But last night I went to a concert and I didn't really know the, the, it was the National. Are you familiar with the National? Mm, I've heard the name. Right. I know like one of their songs. Um, but they're a favorite band of Corey's. And. So I got, so I had I had some eb- ebidols. Is that how you said it? I did uh, before the show. So I was just like sitting there, just kind of grooving to the music, like thinking about jokes, <laughs> like writing <laughs> jokes in my head. I was like, okay, now I kind of want to go back to some open mics and try this shit out. But yeah, anyway, uh, I want to come up to Kalamazoo and then go do open mics in Chicago. <laughs> Fuck yeah! I think you should do just that. We have a futon you can stay on. Hell yeah. That'd be fun. And you can come with me and do them too. I'm gonna make you. I don't know if I'm cut out for Chicago. Oh, it's... Who cares? It's just, I hate the culture of stand-up. That's really, truly something I want to talk about, is I hate stand-up. let's talk about (laughs) it. I fucking... I hate it so much. Um, When I was more involved in the scene... uh, an issue that I had is that, like, people weren't supporting everyone. They were just, like, seeing their buddies and then sitting outside instead of, like, watching everyone do their thing. 1,000%. So an issue that I had was the fact that, like, anytime I would speak up, I would be told, oh, that's just the scene. But, like, I was being told that's just the scene by people who I thought were cool and, like, could respect. And so I was like, so if that's the scene, why don't you change it? Right. I mean, it's not like there's no like it's fucking, your scene. It's not that there's not like a Ten Commandments or like a fucking Bible or something. Like why we all we made all of this up. 
and we also made up all the of Bible it. and the Ten Commandments. But like, why? <laughs> why do we have to follow this like stupid, like arbitrary set of unspoken rules? Why can't we just do what we want to do? And the rules that were essentially let's just exclude femmes and fucking trans people and queers. Yeah, like, I mean. I want to give some people the benefit of the doubt that they're just, you know, because people exist in their own bubbles. I certainly exist in my own bubble, and I think a lot of people do. And so, you know, I don't know that they're actively trying to do that, but, like, at the same time, wake up and realize that's what the fuck you're doing. Certainly. Some people are just a product of the system, and I can fully understand that and be like, yeah, you're just kind of going through the motions because you're just trying to get by in comedy. Like, that makes absolute sense to me, Um, and I absolutely understand, like, I have my head down, I want to tell jokes, because that was what I was doing. I didn't give a fuck about what the scene was, because the scene was not for me. Um, But there's also people that really uphold it And they are prominent in a lot of scenes I feel like Where Mm -hmm. it's just like Cishet white dudes are going to get their way And they're going to go up on stage and tell their jokes Which some of them are going to be really shitty And like Mm -hmm. Diminishing Um, I am Famously have lots of jokes written about me And I can tell you (laughs) With great certainty that it fucking sucks Like it sucks to have someone up there Telling a joke about you About like and, like, saying, like, oh, but nobody knows. But everybody knows. Like, you're outside yeah. smoking your cigarettes, and everybody knows. Right. There's so only... Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I think we're maybe thinking about the same person that <laughs> hosts a show here and um, typically only has a lot of cishet white dudes on their yeah. show. And it's a popular show and when questioned about their choices they get extremely defensive and claim that they're um super woke and that they try and stuff and i'm like well the issue is that female comedians are just so touchy (laughs) and they're so hard to schedule like they're always shopping female Um, comedians right i don't want to you know start unnecessary drama all I wanted to do was point out that I think that's a um, that's a prevalent thing. It just so happens that this person has more clout and power in the in the um, scene, but I think this is a danger for all uh, you know cishet white dudes who are hosting shows and open mics. Like I just wish that there was some sort of accountability or some sort of like. It doesn't seem like there's a huge effort. <laughs> Except no. for after we had, so Rosie and I had a conversation with this person, and it did not go very well. And then the next time they had their show, they had a lot of women on it. So, <laughs> I don't know. There we we did something, maybe. maybe. Maybe for a minute. Or maybe it was a A drop in the bucket. <laughs> right. But... Um. Yeah, no, I just, I I like to bitch about the scene just because I wasn't made 
very welcome in it by a lot of people but that's the thing is that i was also invited into the scene by some really amazing femmes and queers that like again i have to reiterate i just need to spend more time in queer spaces exactly i mean and there needs to be more queer spaces made available um yeah especially in comedy right exactly and like so i i just want to be clear in saying that i don't there are like a select few people that I think are doing a bad job on not on purpose, but just need to do better. But also I'm not like calling out any single person. I'm just calling out the scene as a whole. Like let's all do yeah. better. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what there's a Facebook group for like female identifying comedians in uh, St. Louis and they, I think they do a decent job of calling each other out. Like, even women do that, too. If there's a woman that hosts a show, it might be all male comedians and yada yada. Um, And I'm speaking very in the binary, really, because there's not a whole lot of non-binary comedians in the scene. I think I only know one. Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, I I love the scene. I I think you were the only one, right? Like, I, I can't think of uh any of not that i remember that would come to mike's consistently right yeah no it's just well and i think that part of that is is you know our job of like i was you know having a lot of fun working on building that space in st louis before i moved of like building up uh my friday mic and also like building up just like queer spaces for people and like comfortable spaces for people because there was one Friday night where, like, it was the Friday night that Roe v. Wade got banned, and mm, or, you know, yeah. reversed, and um, basically someone went up and they talked about how they had been at protests all day and how they were like, I don't really have anything funny to say, but I'm going to take my five minutes and I need to talk to his people. And it was beautiful. Um, we can edit this out. It was Simpho, and it was beautiful and wonderful. Um, and then someone else got up on the mic and basically was like, fuck you, how dare you get up and waste our time by not telling jokes. Like, <gasps> oh honestly, I hate your vibes. Like, Who did in that? my mic. Really? Truly. Wow. That dude sucks. Um, I didn't know that he sucked. We should edit that part out at least absolutely i'll edit his name out but i want to say edit. that dude sucks i don't think we need to edit symphos no he was beautiful he got up there and talked about how like this is not ow i hit my knee so hard this is not my like this is not attacking me specifically but it's my job to stand up and it was like this beautiful like he took his five minutes and was like the world sucks let's do something about it and i was like so on board and then for the next person to get up and just absolutely like just shit on them and we took him outside afterwards and was like that doesn't fly at this mic you're not going to do that again or you're not going to be allowed on the mic again and he never came back to the mic yeah well good i mean yeah i think that's what i'm talking about that's the scene though that is the issue of like the ego and the like this is how i want it my way and unless it's my way it's wrong and your comedy is bad and he was literally like i hate your vibes and i don't like your comedy and like it became this personal thing because it didn't go one person's way and it's like well and that whole thing that happened to ella like i don't want to get into yeah what happened to ella because i personally don't know all the details and i don't remember but like, I know that they were being harassed by 
just some fucking asshole dude in the scene and yeah it's just like and calling her a gatekeeper when he was like it's so stupid anyway um yeah so this is a general call out to the whole scene to let's all fucking do better and i think hopefully you know if i can get the capacity i can start that queer show again or a queer comedy open mic because i think the just the more we do it the longer we do it the more we're seen the more we're visible the more people we're gonna attract to actually do it like the more like you know young queer kids are gonna come to the show and be like oh i think i could do that you know let me try it next time you know and that kind of thing like maybe yeah maybe queers and beers could be an open mic and then you know every other month do a showcase of the people that have been doing awesome at the open mic and that kind of thing like I think yeah, that's what it was that. at first, maybe. Um, but yeah, I hopefully I can get the capacity to do that someday. I mean, I feel pretty fired up about it, so that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like I'm like I want to go back to St. Louis and fix this right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and I think that we have a good, you know, besides the toxicity, I think we have a good scene. There's a lot of open mics happening. Um, yeah. Have you ever done the funny bone or the helium? No. I want to talk about that experience because this is, it's a very different experience from doing like the quote unquote alternative open mics, you know, like apotheosis or excuse me, um, heavy anchor or whatever. Um, they are like, well, during COVID or during COVID, I mean, it's still happening, but um, because of COVID, when they opened the open mic back up, you could sign up online and then they would pick out of, you know, wh- whoever signed up, they would pick, I don't know, 15, 12, 15 people or something. Um, and then you, you, you know, you'd know in advance that you were picked and then you could show up. And then they had like a few lottery slots that if people showed up on the day, they could like pick from that. Um, sure. And my experience with helium was bad. Uh, oh no they um they let the crowd sit wherever so they were of course way far away and then and then like nobody it seemed like everybody there in the audience was like nope i'm not gonna laugh at anything like it was just it was collectively we all bombed except for chris sear have you you've seen chris sear yeah he's amazing he's incredible and he like turned the crowd around and i just think he's like a He's a genius and a savant, but um, so he's the exception to the rule. But everybody pretty much bombed at that open mic. Um, and but then the funny bone, um, I forget what they're. I think they had a similar process of picking people, um, and then you'd know in advance, you know. And the funny bone actually sat everybody close to the stage. It wasn't like a huge house, but it was a lot of um, young people who were like drunk. And so they were an incredible audience. Like drunk people sure. are, uh, you know, unless they get kind of rowdy or heckly, like drunk people make a really good crowd. <laughs> and um, I did super well there and I had a good experience there. But I think I hate their sign up process because now you have to go in person to sign up. And you don't know whether you're going to get on the show or not when you go there. And that wouldn't be a huge problem, except that the funny bone is like a half an hour away. 
It's out in the county. And girl, <laughs> I don't have time for that shit. I'm not going like, to do it. Yeah. like I'm I, not going to do it. I, I'm not some 20 something, you know, white kid who like ha- doesn't have anything better to do. Like I could be sleeping right now. You know what I mean? Like I have a job. <laughs> I have a dog, you know, like there's so many things I could be doing besides waiting for this dumb mic. So I'm probably never going to do that again. Um, and yeah, and helium was just not a good experience. It's like, you know, I wish that they at like, and that sort of vibe feels very, it's like anxiety producing. Cause there's a lot more rules. Like you can't wear shorts on stage and you got to be here at this specific time. And you got to attend this meeting with everybody. Whereas all the, you know, the alternative open mics are just like, who cares? You know, like go do your right. thing. And like, you know, it's a lot more loosey goosey and like, you don't feel like you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> right. And like, you know, if you go to these other, these clubs, like you're like, Oh God, if I break a rule, I might get blacklisted from the scene. And then nobody's, you know, like, um, so I, yeah, I just wish that those could be made a little more friendly. It just seems so like, like there's just a, of certain, you know, unspoken rules that you got to follow. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's really uh, inaccessible, you know, to like somebody just starting out or something. It's like very intimidating and not very welcoming, which I think that I wish that it was more like that. Because like, I think that I love hanging out with funny people. Like the, like the funny people are the best people in the world. And like, why can't we all be friends instead of trying to step on each other's <laughs> shit? I think it's hilarious that the first two episodes we've done have been incredibly gatekept and hard to come by and get into things. I think yeah. it's very wonderful that we're like, D&D and comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Good fucking luck. That we're like... <laughs> yeah, but I think... I guess that's important then. You know, what we're doing here in this podcast... <laughs> We're civil servants. Yeah, we're eating. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome for our service. Like you're welcome. (laughs) I do think, like in all seriousness, I do think it's important to talk about this shit. I mean, not that we're gonna reach a huge audience. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll go viral. But whatever. I don't care. But um, (laughs) I think it's important to keep keep talking about it. Keep pointing it out. Yeah. um, Because there's bound to be people like us out there who are having the same problems, same frustrations and uh, you're not alone and we love you and you should uh, slide into our DMs. (laughs) Call me. (laughs) No dick pics, please. Uh, No. I just like clipped the mic, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) It went all the way to red. I mean, you can send me tit pics, though. Titties. Mm-hmm. You know, I got made fun of recently because I'm, quote, obsessed with boobs, and I just don't think I am. I just don't think about them that much. Hmm. I mean, I, w- I, I think everyone likes boobs. Right? I wouldn't call you obsessed with boobs, and I wouldn't call me obsessed with boobs, but I think we both like boobs. Yeah. You know, we're really good on this, uh, at this show, because we talk about the thing for a really long time, and then we get down to the nitty gritty of what people really want to hear about. Periods, pooping, boobies, <laughs> fucking, fucking, who knows? Yeah. 
I mean, we can talk about whatever the fuck we want. We should... Because it's our show and not yours. Now it's... Uh. <laughs> and also, like, I... So, my last podcast that I did, Creepy Club, look it up. It still exists. Um, I was so obsessed with, like, trying to follow all the quote-unquote podcast rules of, like, you know... Right. Not, I think, you know, I think I learned good microphone etiquette from being very, uh, I don't know, self-policing about it. But, like, you know, I'm like, oh, I gotta get equipment, you know, like, I gotta make sure it sounds good. I gotta, like, not eat on the microphone and not hit the table and, like, <laughs> just, like... I don't know. And so now I'm very I've hit my like, knees like a hundred times in this episode. I'm also yeah. pretty sure that I'm like clipping the mic every time I speak. Here's a fart cam real quick. No! That was gross. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> one, to our podcast. That, one sounded that was a rapid bu- fire. Bubbly. It felt um, bubbly. I think you can fix the clips and post, although they'll sound uh, a little weird. But uh, I just bonked my knee again. So the, I mean, the point of my story is that I don't care anymore because the more that I do that, the more I don't want a podcast and it becomes work, you know? So now it's like, and you- let's just do it. And people that like us will forgive, you know, the chewing on the microphone and the burping and the, and the farting. I mean, maybe they'll never now forgive us for the farting, but no, I'm just kidding. But that's just me, so it's fine. Uh, you're also now podcasting with someone who's not only not going to read the rules, but doesn't care to follow them. Yeah. Well, there are no, like, I guess there are I just people that write again. articles about how to make, you know, how to be good on a podcast. But I just, uh, the, the way that I absorbed them was like listening to other podcasts and listening to what their audiences are complaining about. <laughs> Word. And then now completely disregarding the rules. So sorry. Sorry. We should um, pick a topic for next time. I'm going to open up the... We have a... a um, what do you call it? A Google Sheets document. Google Sheets. With all these topics that we have compiled... I tell you what, I'm going to take a Google Sheets after we record. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I'm tr- I need to um, <laughs> fucking bookmark this because I can't sit here and vamp every time I need to go look for it. And here it is. Okay. So we have a Google Sheets list of all the topics that we kind of want to talk about. Um, and look at that. We did comedy. So I'm going to delete that one delete that row and then i think we should just have a random number generator pick what it's going to be at the end and i think that once we get this going and we have people listening we're going to ask you guys for topics as well and i might even just share i feel like i'm just going to share this list and let people just write in stuff um and then you know, if we don't want to do something, we won't do it. So, you know, don't be surprised when we don't pick your thing. But okay, so we got one through forty-five. Let's forty-five. Do, let's Google random. Put your guess in now. I'm gonna say it's gonna be twenty-eight. Okay. Um. Fourteen. Okay, that's two times fourteen is twenty-eight. Yeah. So. So cuisine. 
is the topic. Oh, we're talking food? Yeah, like, what's your favorite, like, uh, favorite, like, cuisine as in Mexican or Indian or American? Ooh, okay. <laughs> it's American okay, considered I'll do some... a cuisine. No, I will do some, some deep pensation. I want to hear a lot of um, talk about what you ate in Spain. Like, I want to hear, oh. like, very in-depth uh yeah. descriptions of what you ate in Spain. Um I, I want to hear about happily your, do that for you. I want to hear about your favorite restaurants. That it might be a love fest for favorite restaurants in St. Louis. <laughs> it will be. This is going to be a very St. Louis based podcast, I fear. That's okay. I mean, who cares? Breaking I all the rules. I have to poop. Okay. Well, you got I mean, we we did 54 minutes, so I think... Oh, I'm so impressed right now. I think that's golden. We can just uh, end it here, but thanks for listening, everyone. Thank um, you, everyone. If you made it this far, bless you. Uh, bless hashtag, you. Hashtag blessed. Um, bless. Follow us on social, social, social media. Social media. Rissa underscore Crozier on Instagram. It's R-I-S-S-A underscore C-R-O-Z-I-E-R. Rosie J222 on Instagram. It's a private account. I might not accept it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm all public everywhere because I use social media for work. So you can find me pretty easily. Please don't stalk me or send me unsolicited dick pics, but I will definitely take unsolicited tit pics. That is always open. I'm always ready for that. My inbox is open! <laughs> Slide into my DMs, please, all attractive women. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah. That's a good outro. Yeah.